Okay. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. We have a special one here by way of South Africa and um, Japan. And I'm sitting down with Coach Biso to discuss youth soccer in South Africa. But actually, he recently relocated to Japan on some on some business. And then also, he's heavily involved in the soccer scene there. So he's going to give us some insight and juxtapose youth soccer in Japan with youth soccer in uh, South Africa. And then, of course, I will always interject with some perspective from the states so that we can all get our heads wrapped around youth soccer around the world. And before I do that, remember, this show is sponsored in part by Anytime Soccer Training. Anytime Soccer Training is the only training app that has over 1,000 training videos. I think that number is going to get to around 5,000 soon and over 101 fun soccer games. And I was just explaining to Coach B so that we're going in a new direction. And I'm, I'm using that term specifically because I have a friend who has a company named New Direction in the sense that we will be the official homework partner for our clubs and coaching clinics. And what that will look like is instead of sending your children random YouTube videos and hoping that they do them, you're going to have a learning system with a with playlists that you can create and a curriculum that's already created with tasks that they can, not, that they can do with reward systems and goals that they can meet and, and everything will be automated. You get your emails. You'll know they're doing them. The kids will know they're doing them. They'll compete against each other and all of that fun stuff. And all of that's coming down the pike. But in the meantime, check out anytime-soccer.com. Uh, join the mailing list. We'll send you more content like this. You can also join uh, anytime-soccer.com for free. You get free seven days and you get a lot of free content in that. And then if you decide it's for you, you can upgrade. It's only $49 a year. Or the free content alone is enough for your child to get better. Now, let's get on to the show. So, Coach, so you spent time coaching in, and you're from yeah. South Africa, mainly Johannesburg and Pretoria. I hope I said that right. And you spent time coaching yeah. mainly in South Africa. Is that correct? Right, 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 right. So right. then what, before we jump into South Africa, what took you to Japan? Um, so I was doing a, a global master's program. Uh, focusing on sports management, and uh, that's why the reason why I went to Japan. Oh wow! Okay, so when you're debating someone like me who got their who got their um, sports management degree on Facebook, you're probably like, "Man, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got my I have I always tell people I got my PhD on Google and my soccer um, education on Facebook. So you don't listen to me. All right, so now you you got right. so now. You are learning the so you're kind of doing it backwards in the sense that you got a lot of practical experience. Now you're layering on the theory to take things to the next level. Right, 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 right. Okay, good, good, good. All right, so here we go. Now I've been doing this show for about a year now, and so the listeners who are listening are probably pretty familiar with how soccer works in the states. So I will only interject that um, when we need to make some kind of comparison. So. <coughs> When I, so now I want to ask you how soccer works in South Africa, but and I want us to really think big picture. I moved to South Africa, and I want to know what are all the possible ways my child, and we'll start at, say, the age of whatever age, and we'll say 10 for now, my child can play 
structured soccer? What are the possible ways out there for my child? And which city are we talking about? We can ring fence a city just to be clear. Just say Johannesburg. Right. Okay. Johannesburg. Yeah. So what are the ways that my child can play structured? And I will, let me just tee this up with what happens in the States. You know, in in a nutshell, I could say, well, at 10, your child can play club soccer. They can play rec soccer. They can play indoor um, they can play uh, for Sp- Hispanic leagues that are kind of like rec, but they're really competitive. Uh, they have these franchises where they're not rec. I mean, they are recreational, but they're owned by companies. You know, those are, they can play futsal. So those are on a futsal team. They have indoor teams. So one thing about the States is they create a big marketplace for kids to do things, right? So that's, one of the things so one of the disadvantages is these things cost money but one of the advantages are are you have a plethora of you you have an infinite amount of choices to actually play in a structured environment so now that i've told you that um what are the structured ways that a kid can play soccer in um, johannesburg okay so one of the structured ways is uh south africa mainly has footballers coming through the club system right? Um, they can participate in recreational football at a young age from uh, eight years old. But uh, the club system usually takes preference for young people from age 12 upwards. Um, you can also play soccer in the school leagues, but uh, that is not accessible to everybody. The, that is usually in affluent areas. And that's how uh, the main structures of youth football in soccer and in South Africa. There is not much emphasis on futsal in South Africa. So there is no futsal leagues, but there is a growing demand for commercial enterprises that are focusing on futsal as a playing option for young people through little kickers and little junior soccer programs. Okay, so so the big things I heard right now are they have the club system, school soccer, and then juniors. Like a, no, I'm sorry. Like a like a enterprising where they're creating programming and people pay for it for like futsal and stuff like that. Is that fair? So let me let me repeat. So what I heard was you have the club soccer, yes, school soccer, and now there are these little small businesses, enterprises that are coming up, that are creating soccer programs that may enter into futsal and and indoor and stuff like that. Is that a fair thing? Is that a fair summary? Yes, yes, yes. Correct. All right. So let's unpack this then. Um, my, My child is 10. They have no soccer experience yet. I want them to play soccer. In the States, I can pick any of those avenues and those avenues, so rec, club, futsal, whatever, will have a program for that child, for my child at that age. So my my local club will have a program, not a, I shouldn't say program, a team for kids that are just starting out. And then they'll have a quote unquote elite team for kids who've been playing since they were five. So how does it work in, in South Africa? When you say club, what if you just, you're a begin absolute beginner. Do you, are you going to be able to play on the local club team? 
Sorry, we'll I, to... I had pause. So sorry. So, right. so will you be able to play on the local club team if you are an absolute beginner? Um, it depends. Some clubs have trials, but the smaller clubs, um, they don't have trials and uh, they allow uh, any players through the door to participate. But usually, um, at, at depending on your ability levels, um, you might not be able to play uh, at, at club level if, if uh, you have no previous experience in playing. So, um, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but roughly what are we talking about in terms of population of um, Johannesburg? Of Johannesburg? Um, I'm not sure about the population of Johannesburg, but I know the population of South Africa is 56 million. Yeah, and so what I was getting at is, I'm, and I know I probably put it in a spot, like I was going to ask how many clubs do you think are in your in jo, in Johannesburg? Like, are how many are we talking? Is it just a club on every block, like Arsenal? I'm sorry, like London, or is it a handful? Uh there is there's there's a number of clubs. I'd say maybe uh, in the whole of Johannesburg, maybe two hundred and fifty clubs. Okay, so then, so even if you have no experience, you will be able to find a club that will take you. But some clubs will not. Yes, you will be. You will be. Uh, okay. So, all right. So my ten-year-old comes. They have never played soccer before in their life. They will be able to find a club that um, will uh, allow them to play. And then, how are the club? How is the league? How are the league set up then for the clubs? Do they play each other? Is it are they all really, um Are they um, under the Johannesburg? Not Johannesburg, but South African FA. How does that work? Yeah. So what what they have is uh, uh, the South African Football Association has got 52 different regions that are divided in throughout the country. Um, and uh, SAFA, Johannesburg, is one of the, the regions of the 52 areas. And within those areas, there is recreational clubs and competitive clubs uh, playing in the various leagues. So there's two types of leagues. There's a, a community league, and there's also an academy league. Okay, so before we go there, so are there are there clubs that are not registered? Can you have a club and it not be registered with the Johannesburg, not to keep saying Johannesburg, but South African FA? Yes, you can, but then the, the club won't play in the league. Okay, and does that happen? Are, so there, people that who, are there people who founded clubs who are just not registered yet? What they do is uh, usually when you when you start the club for the first year, you you've got an option. If you don't have enough players, you don't register for the league, and then uh, you you the people don't play in the league, and and that's what happens. But uh, so there is people that that don't um, play in the league as a club in their first opening year. So and then all right, now you have a club and you're registered. And then your league, you're going to play against teams that are on par with you. So you'll have your beginner team play in a beginner bracket of the league. Is that how it works? Or does everybody pay, play in the same type of league for their age group? Yes. 
So let me take a step back for us. So in the States, it's really complicated. We have our clubs are like, like in Johannesburg and in South Africa, some of our clubs are registered with the equivalent of you. All of our clubs are registered with U.S. soccer in some way, okay. kind of, but all of the leagues are not U.S. soccer leagues. And right. clubs, and I'm not even going to go down this rabbit hole with U.S. soccer, but clubs can create their own leagues. Okay. So okay. it's very possible for, say, four or five big clubs in America to decide, you know what? For our U7, 8, U8, U9, and U10s, we're going to create this league and we're just going to play each other. That's a very okay. normal thing. And then other people may do it. I'm not going to get into all the weeds. So now I'm really trying to understand how your league system works and does that impact at all which club I would choose for my child. So like if your child is a beginner and they join this club and they say, yeah, we're going to be, you're going to be in this league. Are they going to play kids that's at their same level or does everybody go into the same league? How does that work? So what happens is the, the South African Football Association, uh, they're responsible for establishing leagues throughout the country. Um, whereas because all the players need to be registered within the league. But there is also commercial clubs that are starting to, to band together to also form a, a league of their own through, uh, especially with the futsal leagues, where it's, they'll do U10 to about U13. And then the kids play in the, in the futsal league in, as recreational soccer in the off-season. Okay, but and then when the when the FA creates the leagues, then they have like are there layers to the leagues? Like level one is for absolute beginners, level two, level three, or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. So what they have is usually like U eleven, uh, A league, B league, C league, D league. And then do the parents know? Is that something that the parents are aware of? Like, oh, my child is playing in the A league. So in the States, yes. for example, the parents are very, very aware of the level, some, some, some are, and in some situations, very aware of the level of the league that their child is playing in. Is it similar? Yes, 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 it is very similar. Okay, so I come and I have a 10-year-old. He's never played soccer. He's going to join a club and is more than likely because he hasn't played in a uh, competitive soccer and he's going to join the club that's going to take him they will then probably be competing in the d league for the purposes of this right right As opposed to the a league yeah now is there any does that club do clubs have aspirations to move up in leagues is that even possible or how does that work um the 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 competitive leagues uh, the academy leagues are usually for established professional clubs that have uh, youth development programs um, and then what they do is in the commercial leagues, if the club wins the league, they can move up to a higher league. All right. So this, so we're using this example. My child joins. They they didn't have any tryouts for whatever reason. Two or three years, they start getting really good and they start uh, beating everybody in their league D. But yeah. they're not part of the academy system. 
you're saying Correct. that there's a way that they then can move up to League C. <coughs> yes, there is. There is, yeah. And then do, do, do teams from League C ever move down to League D? Is that something that's yes. heard of? Yeah, yeah. And is this something that is even part of the conversation in youth soccer in South Africa, or is just that we're just talking about it in detail, but it's not something people think about? No, it's not something that people think about too much, you know? Um, it's just that uh, a lot of the teams that are established are in the higher leagues, and then new teams that have get formed, they play in the weaker leagues, and uh, they struggle to get the numbers of young people to participate in the clubs to get up into the higher leagues. So it's predominantly the, the stronger teams that stay in the stronger leagues. Okay, so now... Let's say on the we talked about one in the of the spectrum. My child comes and he's never touched a soccer ball in his life. Oh, couple more things on that. What type of coaching is my child going to receive? Again, we're using this story. I come there, never touched a soccer ball in his life. Finds a club. He's playing in the lowest league. How many hours of structured soccer are they going to provide? What's the coaching going to look like? Who's going to provide the coaching? And how much is it going to cost the parents? So um, usually what happens is uh, in the junior leagues, there is uh, a, a parent that will coach your son, um, depending on the nature of the club. For a more established club, they might hire coaches who get paid uh, to, to coach your son. But if it's a new club, uh, that doesn't have a budget, then it's likely going to be a parent whose child is in the club that's going to coach your son or daughter. And uh, it can cost anywhere between about 2,500 rands. So that is... My math is not good right now. Uh, it's oh, just me, close to $150. Okay. All right, Dan. So $150 per year? Yes. And how many days of practice are you going to get? They usually get uh, two days of practice a week. And how many, how long is the season? The season is usually nine months. And, um, and then they're going to play a game every weekend? Yes. And do they, and in terms of how, what I'm going to look and see, or is it, or is everybody going to have a uniform? Yeah, uh, it depends on the nature of the club. Some clubs provide uniform. Uh, some clubs don't provide training kits, and they only provide mesh kits. So is this something that the parents would consider, in, on average, the parents would consider to be expensive or not? Uh, no. Some clubs cost something like 9,000 rand. You know, uh, the more established clubs, they, they're charging between nine to 12,000 rand. So it's just under... Uh, I'm not sure, but if you do the math, 9,000 divided by uh, 16. Oh, okay. So 600, I'm doing, I just did a little Google. So okay. $620 is right. the 9,000 Rand a year. Yes, 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 yes. And that's comparable to our, what we call our chat. We, okay. So we, okay. So let me explain something to you. Americans are very good at, with the exception of me, are very good at marketing themselves. Right. So 
our our equivalent league to that we call that challenge okay which sounds good but i don't even know where they came with that name but the bottom line is with challenge leagues the parent will coach they normally practice twice they normally get two days a week of practice and they play a game and the but the club provides some resources and the coach is normally a little bit more dedicated and the, and then there are two seasons so it ends up being about nine months it sounds pretty similar right. and then the kids who it's for kids who because rec and the states can be very low level so it's for kids who don't want to be super low but don't want to commit to being at a high level okay so they're in between. And some challenge programs will have a coach, a paid coach, who um, coaches one day a week. Okay. And the parent does the other, especially when they are trying to get some kind of badge. Right. They'll definitely do it because that helps them get whatever badge they're trying to get. So you'll see that occasionally. And when that happens, the parents at the challenge programs are – normally pretty excited about it because they're like oh great we get someone who knows what they're doing for one day and then and the dad or the mom on another day all right so now i want to really get through my head this i come to you i have a child and then we're going to talk about another extreme i come to you i have a child that wants to play soccer and let's say i have aspirations for the child to be very serious about it. I don't want to get into becoming a pro because I don't want to distract from the conversation, but I want more than just the parent coaching. But I know they're not ready for the academy yet. What are you, what advice are you going to give me at this point? What are you going to tell me in order to get my child this, these resources, I'm sorry, this type of club, uh, what are you going to say that doesn't exist? Are you going to say it exists, but it's going to cost you, uh, 9,000 Rand, what are you going to tell me? I have a kid, he has average skill, not ready for an academy, but I have aspirations for him to be in a good quality club. What are you going to, what are you going to tell me? What are my options? Sorry, uh, Neil, it cut there. Yeah, I saw it cut. So let me just repeat. Let's say, now we talked about what happens when you just start out, okay? You, and you go to right. a, a club that just started. Now let's say I come here, the same 10-year-old, he has some talent. He's not ready for the academy, but he has some talent. And so I don't want a club where the talent level is like super low. I want it to be competitive, but I know he's not ready for academy yet. So what are you going to tell me? What are my options right. now to get something in between? In the States, we call that challenge. That's a challenge league. But what, what would be my options in South Africa? So what we have in South Africa is also called the Federation League and uh, uh, community clubs. So the community club league and the Federation League are for the in-between players that are quite uh, good, but not yet good enough for the Academy League. And, and this usually takes place at the local football association. Well, hold on, though. But how does that differ from the 10-year-old who never played, never touched a ball club? Sorry? How does the federation club, the community club, how does that differ from the club that my child would have been playing at if, if they never uh, touched a soccer ball before? They're very inexperienced. So in other words, is, are these clubs you were talking about, do they have, to, they have to have a tryout then, I guess? 
Yes, 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 yes. And yes. if they have a tryout and my son never touched a soccer ball, so he has no soccer skill, will they say, so let me tell you in the States. In the States, the club will take you. They'll just put you on a lower team within their club. They won't correct right. you like you're not part of the club. But right. how does it work for your community club and your federation club? Uh, it depends on the size of the club. Uh, some clubs have uh, three or four different age groups and they'll take you and put you in the various age groups. Uh, and then some clubs, that they, will, they will select 22 players and say, that is it. And uh, there's no more space for other players. If you didn't make it, unfortunately, please go and join another club. And there are clubs that have one age group as well. There's clubs so small that have one age group. So I can understand that there could be a club, there could be a larger club that can have several teams within one age group. And then are there clubs that have one, just one team? Can you do that? Are you allowed to do that? And it may have broken So up. for the club that's got one age group, uh, there's likely... What, what is it? All right, go now. Yeah, so for the club that's got one age group, there's a likeliness that uh, they'll cut you from the program. So, yeah, so I'm saying they're, they're literally South African youth soccer clubs. They have one. So, so, so the best example I can give in the States is we have Hispanic clubs that are founded by parents, okay? Okay. And they really only have that one age group because they're just following their kid. Right. So it is what it is. And that's that's it. So that, that club has one team. And that team, it could be U9. Then next year, that team is going to be U10, then U11. But they don't, they're not really trying to become a big club like with a lot of different teams. So what I'm trying to get from you is, are there South African clubs registered for the federation that only have one age group, one team? Uh, what they usually do is they've got one age group. No, not one age group, sorry. They've got one age division per age group. So they'll have under 13s, under 15s, under 11s, under 19s, and maybe a senior team. But uh, they might have just one age one team per age group. And then, so then my child goes to that, that club, they try out and it's very possible that if they're not good enough, they will not stay with that club. They'll, sorry, thank you. You need to go find another club. Right. And then, and is that club a type of club that's going to charge you the 9,000 Rand? Um, yes. So are there any grassroots clubs i guess you'd say that are that provide oh and that club sorry one more thing do they provide professional coaching yes what they do is uh uh they have a lot of sports science students or a lot of uh, people that are very experienced that are being paid to to coach in 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 those communities or their club so, and are there situations where those types of clubs are getting funded from some other source, and so the parents are not paying that fee, the, the equip that nine thousand rand fee?
may be a delay, y'all. Um, a lot of the clubs, a lot of the clubs offer membership fees, so um, they have to pay the parents. But are there clubs like that that um, get their funding from some other source where the so where if the parent if the kid makes it the parent does not have to pay? Is there a situation yes. like that? Yes, there is, but that's usually in the the academy leagues. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna go to the academy in a second. Okay. But as far as these federation community leagues, is there a way, is there a club saying, don't worry about the money. If you make the team, we got you. Is that a situation that you're familiar with? Um, there's a way to do that through an MPO, which is non-profit organization clubs. But uh, a lot of the clubs, they, 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 they have to survive on paying membership fees through membership fees. So it's highly unlikely that a community club will will offer new no paying experience. There is in the townships um, where the, op, the 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 correct word for townships in America will be uh, um, uh, less affluent areas yeah. where they don't charge per, per per to participate in the league. So, do these clubs go out and actively recruit? kids in the township even though the child may not have the financial means to pay um i'll give you an example of what i had at my club uh i had 60 percent of the participants paying and then i would have 40 percent of the kids in the township that are extremely talented coming to my club for free okay and was that driven by um, mission, like we want to give kids an opportunity to play. Now, and, and it could the answer could be all of the above. And remember, I'm just trying to unpack this stuff into excruciating detail. Or was that driven by a, a desire to win and be competitive too? Yeah, or uh, both. It's it's a combination of 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 having a winning mentality or also having a winning structure, a club. But uh, the kids in the township, they usually keep your club alive in terms of competition within the league. So how would you compare the kids in the township and their desire to play versus the kids in the more affluent areas? Like, is there any... And let me just, let me say, like, in the state, you know, uh, a better example might be basketball, where kids in the lower-income areas... uh, that play say basketball football a lot of them are doing that very clear about i'm trying to make something out of this either i'm trying to i'm trying to go to college i'm trying to go pro i'm trying to use this as a ticket to get out now i you know we can have a debate on is that the right strategy considering the numbers but i'm saying that's the mentality where in the more affluent areas it's really more of it ain't that i don't know what it is but it's not i'm trying to do this to get out so how would you describe it based on what you've seen? Um, a lot of the kids that come from affluent areas, um, they've, they've got options. So they don't have to make it in, in professional sports or try to get out. Whereas a lot of the kids in the township, as you mentioned, um, they've got aspirations of becoming pro. So their mental toughness and their resolve and uh, their perseverance is greater than the kids in the affluent areas. 
Do you can you tell even um and when you're coaching them anecdotally? Yes, 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 yes. There is a greater desire uh to learn from the kids in the township than there is from the kids in the affluent areas. Wow, okay. All right, so now let's pivot to the to the to the end of the story from the club. I come there, you see my child, they're the next thing since messy. You're like, oh my gosh, you this is this this kid is destined to be the greatest. What are you telling me? What are you saying to me that I should be doing? What opportunities are available for me for my child in South Africa? Structure, okay, structure, so, soccer. Um, your child will probably play in the academy league then. So let's um let's unpack they, that. Play, let's play unpack, like, hold on, hold on. Let's unpack that because now it's day one. Okay, is this a situation where the academy is gonna? You can just go and talk to someone, or how do the academies even know that my child exists? Uh what the academies usually do is they have uh, scouting days where they scout for new talents usually in preseason, and uh, they will assess children at preseason to see who can come into the academy. So the academies will, and can, can you name drop one of the big ones, just so I can? Mamelodi Sundowns. Okay, so they will have a, they will do an advert and say, we're having this scouting day. You're yeah. invited. Right. And it's the preseason of their youth soccer season. Right. And then you, if your child is good, you bring them there. And can anyone go and try out, or do you even have to be selected to try out? Um, at the University of Pretoria, where I work, um, you, you, it's an open door policy, but specifically, uh, so you, you can try out. Um, there's a fee that you have to pay, but you have to try out. And then at Mamelodi Sundowns, Usually they they invite you for trials, so they'll go see you at a tournament or during a match, and then they'll invite you for trials. So, if my child has not played yet, and you've seen him in the backyard, and you're like, "Wow, this kid is amazing," are you telling me just get him into one of the federation clubs or community clubs, and then they will find him? Or are you saying no? I know a guy or I know a woman who can call and like, how does it work? Um, I would suggest that you get him into the Federation League and Federation clubs because uh, that's where the, 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 the a community level where the scouts come to watch your games. And I'm going to belabor this. The scouts literally come and watch. Not really. <laughs> there is a, there is a shortage of scouts in South Africa. Okay, there's a shortage of scouts. So is it a situation where you get them in the Federation League, Community League, and then that coach calls the scouts and say, or the clubs and says, hey, you got to get here. You got to see this guy. Yeah. And don't, and don't let me put words in your mouth. I'm literally, I'm just trying to be in the detail. So they literally will call and say, I need you to come watch this kid. Yeah, so what they do is uh, the scouts will, will, will um, provide information to the, to the kid like uh, the name of the club, the day you must come for assessments. And uh, uh, the coach won't come down, but it will be more that uh, the scout will see the kid and then recommend him to the club. Okay. 
and then uh, and then they make the team. So do do the parents have to pay for the kid to play in an academy? Certain academies do, like the University of Pretoria, they charge an academy fee, and then uh, other clubs such as Mamelodi Sundowns, Kaiser Chiefs, uh, Super Sports, they don't charge. But help me understand this, though, because you say the University of Pretoria, but is that is that a professional club as well? Yeah. Yes, it is a professional club as well, yeah. So then how does the – how do you – because when I hear university, I'm thinking college. Like, what is that? Yeah. I'm trying to understand how that works. So the University of Pretoria has got a junior development program that starts at under nine and then ends at under 19. But – Let's use terms that our listeners are going to be familiar with. So, who is the Manchester United of South Africa? Mamelodi Sundowns. Okay, are they playing the University of Pretoria as well? Yes. So then, what's the unit? Why? Why it just happens to be associated with the university? Um, who University uh, Mamelodi Sundowns? No, the, the, the professional club at the University of Pretoria, it just happens. Are they in the business of educating as well? Yes. Their core business is education, but uh, they've, they've got a professional football also. Oh, okay. And, you know, you can kind of argue that that's... <laughs> you can kind of argue that's how Division One sports are in America. I'm laughing because for many, many years, and still now, they, didn't, they don't want to pay the student athletes. Right. But these guys, they're like, they, they generate the school billions because, or the def, not, maybe not the school, they may not generate the school billions, but they generate the industry of, say, American football or, or, uh, or basketball billions. And so it's almost like the University of Alabama is a professional football team that happens to also do a little bit of education on the side. And I hope no Alabama listeners are listening. I'm a South Carolina right. person. But so but the point is the athletic program right. now has gotten so big and so popular that it is the budget for the athletics is higher than, <laughs> than any academic department. In the, in the entire uh, university. And that's not like ease, evil men sitting in a room making it that way. It's just that, you know, the sport is popular. And so that's what people patronize. So it sounds like this is effectively just acknowledging wow. that. It's just acknowledging that, hey, we have a professional soccer team. That's interesting. Okay. And they compete. Professional soccer right. team. Just like, they're just like Everton. They just happen to be part of the university, attached to the university. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So for them, they will you will have a fee, but for the for some of the other professional clubs, there is no fee, and you get uh, you get scouted, and then you play. And then when you are in those academy programs, let's say your tenure, what what age do those academy programs start at? Under thirteen. Okay. So so what do you do if you're ten and you the best thing is messy? You have to play in the federation or the community league because the academies haven't started yet? Uh, what they do is if you're good enough to make the academy league, uh, then you can play in the academy league. But if you're not good enough yet, you'll play in the federation league. But what But what I'm saying is like in England, the academy starts around U9. 
So you're saying, what if you're a U9? I'm saying if you're U9 and you're in South Africa, you just cannot play in the academy yet. Um, if you're good enough, you'll be given a chance to play. But, but I'm saying there's no there. age. There's no age, though. You can't. There's no U9. No, 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 it's not. Yeah, so same thing in the States. Our academy starts at U13 as well. Okay. So before that, you play in, if you're good, very high-level teams the, club, the clubs have which are almost like de facto academy because they're still going to be the best nine-year-olds that we just don't have the academy system that young. And then they'll start calling. And then when they get a little bit older, they call them the pre-academy kids, you know? Right. So you're telling me Kaiser Chiefs, for example, that has, you're not, if you're nine years old and you're the next thing since Messi, you're not on the radar screen of the Kaiser Chiefs yet at nine. No, no, you're not. No, 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 you're not. Okay. But by the time you get 12, you are on the screen. You are able to play with them. And then when you get there, how many days a week are you training? Who is training you? And what's your game program look like? So uh, in the academy league, you usually train uh, twice a day on Monday, Tuesday twice a day in the morning and in the afternoon and then on Thursday and Friday. So even at the U13, U14, they're going to train twice a day on, on during the week? Yes. And how do they how do they fit that around school? Um actually with the it started the under 15 team. Uh the 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 University of Pretoria have got a a, a school that starts at nine o'clock in the morning. But how do you get the training in the morning if you have to go to school? So uh, it's on campus. So the kids walk from, their, their parents bring them to training in the morning and they train from quarter past six till about half past seven. And then they go to school after that. Okay. And is that, is that, is that also the case for other clubs that don't have a school university? No. Okay, so the University of Pretoria is a little bit unique in that regard. Yeah. And what has been the results? I mean, because that's that's kind of huge. Yeah, it is kind of huge. But the, 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 the academy is commercial. So, um, you know, they haven't developed a player in a long time. Um, and uh, and it's, a, it's an open-door policy of uh, they will have a look at you. And then they will they will uh, assess you from there. So, if I were to if I want to Google um, University of Pretoria's soccer academy, you th you think I'll find that kind of information on the website, or is that something that's just just happens, but they don't haven't published it yet? I basically want to share a link of this with the with the listeners. Excuse me, say that again. Sorry, it was a delay. I'm saying um, I'm going to research the university and I'm going to research their football club 
because I'm interested in seeing if right. they publish any of this information on their website because that's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. All right. So we we're almost at the we're at the very end. So how so the 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 other academies, not University of Pretoria, how many days a week are they practicing in, in general, you think? They're training four times a week. They're training four times a week, and then they have a game on the weekend. Is that fair? Yeah. And then yeah. and their youth in their youth academies, are they playing other youth academies exclusively? Or are they playing uh in a league? And if you're good enough to be in that league, then you're in it irrespective of whether or not you're academy. They they play other youth academies. They only play other they youth academies. They play other youth academies. And what yeah. is the talent? What's the talent? Uh, step change what's a step change in talent from a top federation club to an academy team is it a massive difference yes it is it is a massive difference okay all right all right now i'm gonna pivot and then i want to talk about japan and we're gonna wrap this up because this has been great all right so in terms of different sports what are the other most popular sports in south africa Rugby? Can you hear me? Say that again, please. In terms of other sports, what are the other most popular sports in South Africa? Rugby and cricket. Okay, rugby and cricket. I figured that. Now, is it common or uncommon to see kids playing those? Let me ask it another way. Do kids who who are serious who enjoy soccer serious about soccer do they take time away from soccer to do any formal training from your experience on average yeah. in rugby or soccer or, or cricket yeah you see the, the cricket and rugby systems are entrenched in the school cycle and in the school uh syllabus so they are well entrenched within the schools in south africa so a lot of schools especially affluent schools have rugby and school and, and cricket program embedded in their system. So then the kids who, even if they're serious about soccer, will get exposure to rugby and cricket as well. Yes. And then do those programs, do they, you know, train during the week so that the kid has to decide if I'm going to go to the uh, academy training or am I going to go to the um, my rugby training? Does it work that way? Well, usually they, they, in the first year of the students being in grade eight, especially when they're 14, the schools uh, ensure that the kids play uh, rugby ahead of soccer. So the school's going to have you playing rugby, but then let's say the kid is on the academy team that's not part of the school. They're just on the, so not University of Pretoria, but another, you know, I'm at this school, but I'm also playing for this academy team. And I'm playing on the, Am I allowed to play on the school's rugby team and the academy team, soccer team? Uh, at some stage, it overlaps. Um, and uh, it has a conflict of interest. Um, and usually the kids choose uh, to, to, to participate in the school team because uh, um, they get pressurized into playing for school. Okay. All right. That makes sense. All right. So let's pivot really quickly to Japan. Yeah. How long have you been there? Um, I'm not yet in Japan. I'm only going to leave next week, Sunday. 
Oh, okay. So then, but didn't you go visit? Yes, I did visit in 2018. And and then that's when you started noticing the differences. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, all right. And so what are you planning to do when you get out there? I, I'm going to be teaching English and I'm going to be coaching football. And where are you going to um, be coaching and teaching? Uh, I'll be teaching in Toyama City. Okay, all right. And so you're, and you're about to head out. Okay, so, so once you get there and you get settled and you start coaching, then we can circle back and have a conversation, a more in-depth conversation about Japan. No problem. All right, guys, you've been listening to the Inside Scoop. This is Neil, founder of Anytime Soccer Training. I've been sitting down with Coach Biso um, to talk about youth soccer in South Africa. Did South Africa make the World Cup this, this cycle? No. no. Yeah, and I know you were a little disappointed, to say the least. What what can you tell me about – is it – it they don't make it that often, do they? No, 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 no. But was the expectation – for them to try to make it this this year? Yeah, there was a vision called Vision 2022. Um, and unfortunately, we fell short on that vision. Is that, if I Google the Vision 22 um, South African, uh, you know, playbook or whatever, would, it, would a PDF come up? Yes. Because I'm very interested in, because I'm not a trained coach in this regard. I just, I told you about my social media experience, but I'm very interested in how a federation can come up with a strategy that translates, that that works the entire system of development uh, to result in national team success, because I feel like, it's very, very complicated because you try now that you got, you got the clubs, you got the culture, you got the leads, you got the personalities, you got the money, you got business interests. You, you have all of these variables. And I just don't, I want to, I'm very interested in seeing how they, what they prioritize and how they uh, actually decided what they're going to do, what initiatives they're going to do to go about doing it. And I know Germany did a lot of work. All these federations do a lot of work on it. But I'm very interested in seeing sort of what what they tried to do. So, in a nutshell, are you familiar with what they tried to do? Yes, uh, they tried to qualify for the World Cup starting uh, six years ago. So they had a six-year cycle of developing players. Um, unfortunately, the players that they 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 developed were not good enough to qualify for the World Cup in South Africa in uh, Qatar. But what did they try to give me an example of something they? Like what? Like invest money in clubs? Like give me an example of something they would try to yeah, do. Yeah, so so they, they tried to improve the, the sports science facilities within clubs and also um, uh, ensuring that uh, young people from clubs go to international competitions and by playing a lot of friendlies um, and also improving the women's professional league to have a, a, a women's professional league in South Africa. Okay, so we can have a whole show about that. Let me review the document. I might come back to you and get your opinion on it. But right. Coach, this has been great. Do you have any other final comments before we head out? Nothing, nothing, nothing. All right, Thank well, you this has been great. This is Neil with Inside Scoop. Hey, guys, check out anytime-soccer.com and learn more about what we do and to access great content like this. Let's get better together. Together.